Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I just remember like within a few months of my freshman year coming back home from college for Thanksgiving break and looking at myself in the mirror in the front in front of my parents and just saying like I don't recognize myself anymore like I need help and just like having this breakdown and this was after a long long time of them like expressing concern trying to get me to gain weight back trying to like intervene and me being in complete denial of there being anything wrong. Welcome back to Open Late Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Spandiari, and this week I'm so excited because I have with me Carolina Salazar, who is the host of the Inner Growth Podcast. She is also a certified health coach and hormone specialist, and she's a content creator. Welcome to the show, love. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I am too. And we've uh, we've spent some time together because we're currently doing a pod swap. So we just recorded an episode for inner growth, which I yeah. would love for you all to go check out. We will link it in the show notes. Um, and of course, we talked all about my inner growth journey uh, with you know psychedelics and plant medicine and open relationships. And you're a great interviewer. Oh. Thank you. It was such a powerful conversation. I'm so excited to share it with everyone in my community. Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm excited for for what they will think and the feedback that you'll get. And I'm so excited because this conversation is going to be completely different than what we just yes. talked about. Yeah, I'm so inspired by your journey. I mean, I we know very little about each other. Uh, uh, you know, we got connected through a friend and, um, well, actually like, you know, someone that supports both of our shows. And when I started doing a little digging, I just love the work that you share and, you know, highlighting, yeah, highlighting other people and their growth journey. Um, but I really want to give you the opportunity to share about your life. You shared a little bit with me about your journey with health and, you know, what you've grown through, you know, when it comes to disordered eating and body shaming and things like that. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've never had this conversation with anyone before in my life, really. Um, really? Yeah, really. Yeah. Wow. So I'm so inspired by your bravery too, to talk about these things and also to see that it's informed your career. Um, yeah. So yeah, Thank I just want to celebrate you first and uh, excited to give you the opportunity to share. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, when we first got connected, I was sharing with you that when I was struggling with my eating disorder in the past, I felt so alone. Like there was no one out there, at least in social media, really talking about this, about our relationship with our bodies, with body image, with self-talk, with eating disorders, with food, all these things that, you know, just like you're out here breaking taboos, I feel like in my own way, I'm kind of doing it too by being vulnerable, like sharing my own experience, sharing what helps me, but also just about the reality of the world that we live in and all the conditions that are placed on us as women, on our bodies, on what we're supposed to look like, and then how that, you know, kind of becomes our inner talk and it becomes the programming that we're fed and then can sometimes lead to very toxic 
behavior yeah. people. Okay. So I think yeah. like I'm just showing up also with like the hopes that I'm being able to give to other girls or women what I wish I had had when mm. I was deep in like my struggle. Yeah. I would love to just go right back there to, yeah. you know, young you when maybe you don't even know at that point that you are struggling with food and and with kind of just your body in general. Um, how old were you when you developed these habits and how did it progress? And then how did it sort of yeah. come to light? Yeah. And there's been so many ups and downs. So yeah, I'm excited to dive into it. But basically like kind of taking it all the way back to when I was a little kid, like I was always the petite late bloomer. Like I was always the like little girl and like in Brazil where I grew up, there's a big culture around like using like, I don't know if you say diminutives. I don't know what the word is, but it's like saying like little X, Y, Z, like mm, yeah. little boy, the little girl. And is Inya. it like Ita? It's Inya. Inya. So okay. Oh, right. Because Portuguese. Carolzinha, right. Mm-hmm. So like little Carol, um, which is how you pronounce my name, like my nickname in Portuguese. And so I grew up, I guess, my with my identity being formed around being the little one, like mm. being the shortest one, the late bloomer, the one that's like the petite itty bitty like girl. Yeah. And so I think I was fed that for so many years that it became what I associated myself as. Mm. And then when I really think about it, I think it was like the moment that I like hit puberty. So when I got my first period which was at, like, I got it a little bit later. So I was going into freshman year of high school. So I think I was, like, 15 at the time. And I had just moved from Brazil to the U.S. So there was, like, so much change around me. And my body was also changing. And my boobs started to grow. And, like, my body inevitably became, like, curvier and more womanly. And that was a little bit over time. But I feel like at the time when that was happening, it wasn't, like, out of nowhere. So... It didn't affect me as much, but towards the end of high school was when it really hit me. And I just remember there was one like semester, it was between the first half of senior year and the second half of senior year. I was like a little more stressed. I was just like living my life. Like I didn't have at this point, like I did not have any toxicity regarding food. Like I would eat whatever I wanted. I didn't have restrictions. I didn't grow up very athletic either. So I didn't play a lot of sports, like nothing like that. Um, but I remember I had gained a little bit of weight because I think it was like college application season. I mm-hmm. was like maybe eating a little bit more than I normally did. My body changed a little bit. And I just remember going to Brazil for like a Christmas vacation and asking a family member and being like, do I, did I gain weight? Like, do I look different? And then this family member basically being like, yeah, like you just look a little bit more like, I don't know if it was said like full or like filled out or like thick, like it was around those lines. And I Mm -hmm. think that was the moment where the self-consciousness just like got really activated. And I was like, wow, like other people are probably noticing this change or like talking about it or thinking about it. And I started going into this loop of just feeling really ashamed or just really self-conscious. And at the same time, I also was navigating like romantic relationships at the time. And I had, I guess I had like noticed that a lot of boys 
around me that like maybe I liked tended to like like those really skinny girls that like with no boobs just like a little bit more like athletic looking bodies Mm. and like not what my body looked like at all so subconsciously I think I also created this story in my brain of I need to lose weight to be liked yeah by like my romantic interests Mm -hmm. and so there's all these little stories that I was telling myself and so that's when it really kick-started so I started going to the gym a lot doing elliptical for like an hour at a time like almost every day and it was like after school so I would be missing family dinner and I would be like skipping out on like certain activities to go to the gym like it became very obsessive Mm. and I wasn't at first I wasn't seeing a lot of change so then I started with food restriction so I cut out basically like all carbs Wow. no bread no pasta no rice like no dessert I was very very extreme with it also and I just remember going through the day and like wanting to eat those yeah. things but just not allowing myself to like if I would yeah. go to dinner with my family they would say like have the bread and I would fight them like I would literally pick a fight out of it because I was so mm-hmm. attached to that control and yeah I actually wanted to ask you really quick yeah. did you, are your parents or your family members noticing these changes so at first Yes, they definitely noticed the behavioral changes. So they definitely mm. noticed that I was going to the gym more and like they noticed that I was like missing on dinner and like they would get upset. They were like, oh, we're like waiting for you. Or like sometimes they would wait and I would get home at like 9 p.m. and then mm. we would have dinner. So it also started affecting my relationships. But the problem was that I also started posting pictures on Instagram and in my smaller body and then I started getting compliments and then mm. people started saying, oh, you lost weight. You look great. You're so skinny. What are you doing? Tell me what you're doing because I want to do it too. La, la, la. So I started getting this external validation from it. And yeah. it almost fueled the problem because it started making me feel like, okay, if I'm getting all this validation now, do people not think I was pretty before? Mm-hmm. Like the conditional like validation, right? And feeling yeah. like, oh, if I gain this weight back, then I'm going to lose this. And I'm going to lose this like worth that I feel now or like attractiveness that I feel like I am exuding and that's where I think the control was so strong because I didn't want to lose that and I mean the root cause problem there was that I didn't think that way of myself right like Mm -hmm. I didn't think that I was beautiful worthy enough and so I kind of relied on this external validation to be given to me and I'm also like the oldest sister I like grew up being like the perfectionistic straight A student that gets a ton of validation from like her academic achievements and like Mm. all these other things. So I think it was a pattern in like other areas of my life as well. Just like the perfectionism really. So that was like the very, very like low points where I was saying like I felt super alone. I really, really didn't like myself and I just had a very low sense of self-worth. So that was like going into college. And I think the trickiest part was the validation that I was receiving. And it's because as a society, we glorify weight loss. Yeah. We glorify like, oh my God, that person's like transformation. Like, oh, you know, if she went from like, I don't know, like not to hot. Like Mm. there's just so much of a culture around this. Yeah. And I think even within like my culture, being like a Latina person in Brazil, Latin America, like there's a lot of, you know, normalization of 
New York noises in the back, all the ambulances. <laughs> um, but like there's a normalization of commenting on other people's bodies, on celebrities' bodies or people in your family, calling people like fat as like a endearing thing, like gordo mm. or gordita. Like it's super normalized in like Latin American cultures. And so I think that also is like a part of it because even within my immediate family, there would be comments on like, oh, did you see that celebrity? Like, she's a little fat now. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, did you see Aunt XYZ lost weight? She looks so much better. Like, Right. That's so- that's the backdrop conversation is that like people's weight is important to who they are and like what they're worth. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so that was where like the turmoil really like was coming from, I think as well. And like what was fueling all these unhealthy behaviors and thought patterns and beliefs and going into college like I was also going through a major transition I was scared of gaining weight there and I was trying to like reverse the freshman 15 and like lose 15 pounds so if I gain it back like that was me justifying it oh if I gain it back then I'm like neutral Mm. and the problem was that like I got to college and it got even worse because not only was I super stressed out about the food thing and like the exercising thing I also was living on my own for the first time, living, you know, completely by myself, trying to figure out how to be responsible for, like, yeah. things I didn't have to do before. Where did you uh, go to school again? I went to UPenn. Okay. Yeah, in Philadelphia, which is yeah. where I'm from for everybody listening. And Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so there was all this change. I just remember, like, I, I think I was just, like, so stressed out. I went on birth control because I had lost my period and I was trying to, like, gain it back using birth control. Which, I mean, is again, like, not looking at the root because why did I lose my period, right? Right. That's, like, a huge red flag. So I just remember, like, within a few months of my freshman year, coming back home from college for Thanksgiving break and looking at myself in the mirror in in front of my parents and just saying, like, I don't recognize myself anymore. Like, I need Mm. help. And just, like, having this breakdown. And this was after a long, long time of them, like, expressing concern trying to get me to gain weight back, trying to like intervene and me being in complete denial of there being anything wrong Mm. until it got to this point in this Thanksgiving break where I just kind of owned it. I was like, yeah, actually like things are not okay. Yeah. And I need help. And I need help. That's so brave. Yeah. Yeah. It was like definitely a big transformative, like changing point almost. Mm. Was there a moment that that happened or was it just seeing yourself in the mirror or was there something? No, like I was in the bathroom and I I, I guess I was like in my parents' bathroom, like they were there. I think I was just like in my workout clothes or something, like a workout top. And I just remember like my hair had fallen out so much and I remember looking at myself in the mirror, like trying to put in a ponytail or fix myself and then just crying, like bawling my eyes eyes out in front of my mom and my dad and just saying like, I don't recognize myself anymore. And I remember too that like right before that break, I had gone to a party and I don't know, I guess like I fell or something and like there was like bruises on my legs from that fall mm-hmm. and like the bruises were not healing because I was so undernourished where yeah. I, they were, my legs, it was just like just there, you know? And I just knew that I was so weak and that I needed to gain the weight back. And so that's when I started working with a nutritionist to like be on like a weight gain protocol basically. But the problem was that I didn't see anyone for, like, the mental health side of it. Yeah. 
And at the root, like any eating disorder or disordered eating pattern comes from your thoughts, your beliefs, your mindset. And I wish I had done that work earlier, Mm. but everything happens for a reason. I really believe that. And like the timing had to happen and happened for a reason. So I started getting the weight back and I'm a very strong-willed person. So when I set my mind on like, I want to get better, Mm -hmm. I like committed to getting the weight back and you know, doing what the nutritionist was telling you to do. We're not in recovery as a perfectionist yet. You are still a perfectionist. Oh, still a perfectionist. Yeah. Very, very much so. And I always like you worried. So you're like, I'm going to get an A on this weight gain. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, I'm going to do it fast. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, but obviously like as I started to do that, a lot comes to the surface. Like, mm-hmm. especially if you've been through a restrictive pattern or time of your life, breaking those restrictions can feel really scary and I think all of that like self-worth conversation kind of rose to the forefront again as you know as I said I was really scared of people noticing that I gained weight back and commenting on it and all of that so I had to really face that and I think what really motivated me was like knowing how disconnected I was from like any true like well-being in my body so I think that like motivated me to keep going even those like uncomfortable feelings but my relationship with my body like it actually didn't get better right away so I just remember like the year after that I still had a toxic relationship with exercising where I still went through patterns of guilt and shame and wanting to like exercise from that place right Mm. if I and this happened a lot like let's say I like smoked or something like smoked weed I would like eat a little bit more and then the next day I would feel so guilty and I would beat myself up for it. Yeah. And then I would try to overcompensate by like, again, doing the elliptical or like working out really hard. And so that kind of continued. And I guess I went through this period where I was smoking a little bit more and I was binging, I guess, a little more. Like I wasn't like binging and purging or anything like that, but I was definitely eating more food in a timing that I normally wouldn't eat it with some sort of frequency which I realized is what binge eating is basically. And so, and I learned that, like I only put that together like a year later, but essentially my relationship with my body still wasn't at its like best for a little while until lockdown. When lockdown happened, I started therapy, like pretty much right away. Like I had already started seeing like my campus therapy services right before 2020 and then I went abroad, I had to pause it, and then they were doing it virtually. So I reached mm-hmm. out to my therapist and I was like, hey, can we meet on Zoom? So we started doing these sessions. I remember that was really when I started doing a big deep dive on this discomfort that I felt and the shame and the self-judgment mm-hmm. and like how I was labeling foods as like good or bad and then feeling like there was this morality with food. And if I ate a bad food, I was a bad person and the just the judgment and then worrying about this other judgment coming from everyone around me when really like my self-judgment was the loudest Mm -hmm. so I think that was really I just remember like when I started really doing the work but then again it doesn't kind of stop there because I discovered the world of holistic wellness and I started diving into it really doing a lot of unlearning. I was not only doing this kind of a learning, I was also having my spiritual awakening. I started meditating. Mm. I started doing like chakra meditations and 
reading a ton of like personal growth books which I had never read before and there was all this other stuff like unlocking yeah and I was also doing a course at the time called becoming the one which is about Mm. like have you heard of rising woman before yeah it's like her course Mm -hmm. and it's about like basically becoming the one for yourself and healing your relationships and being conscious within your relationships so I was also doing that kind of work yeah and as I came into the world of holistic wellness I almost went towards like the super orthorexic kind of side where I was trying to pursue health to an extreme so Mm. I went to the opposite extreme where I was like cutting out dairy cutting out animal meat cutting out like basically all foods that are considered bad but being like no I'm just doing it for like health yeah and I grew up in a family that eats a lot of red meat and like dairy Mm -hmm. is a big part of our like Brazilian culture and I got kind of like like my blood exams started kind of having like a lot of vitamins and things that my body was depleted of yeah I was having because, a lot of blood yeah. sugar imbalance like mm-hmm. you've got to replace those foods with things that I mean I was a, a pretty strict vegan for for a long time like seven years and um yeah you can't pull all that stuff out without replacing the things that will nourish you so you can get your iron and get your b12 and uh, exactly yeah so exactly. you so- went to the other end of the spectrum yeah. And I was like, I'm so healthy. Right. I was like on this like high horse of, which is also a not symptom, but like a signpost of orthorexia, which is like mm. judging other people's eating choices. Yeah. And if they're not as healthy as you, like they're doing worse or like they don't mm-hmm. care about their health as much. And like, that was what I was really experiencing in 2020 and like into a little bit of 2021. And then really it was like, after I graduated from college moved to New York started working kind of like was reintegrating into like the real world after being just living with my family for like a whole year that was also so much change and like a lot of reintegration work and like reparenting Mm -hmm. also and through that I like had a little sober period where I also cut out alcohol and I eventually like over time like added alcohol back in and then I also started adding in these foods that I had taken out so I started with red meats because my acupuncturist recommended it for like my cycle being more regular Mm -hmm. which at this point like I was already off of birth control but started with red meat and then like turkey and then chicken and then dairy and then I just added everything back in and the funny thing is that it was only after I like basically removed all of these rules and was like you know what if I want to eat a burger like I'm gonna eat the burger or if I want to have a drink with my friends and I want to have the mari tonight like I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna like have fun and enjoy food as like something that to me is so pleasurable and a source of connection and creativity and really let myself like have actual balance like it was only when I truly didn't have any conditions on it or any rules and I was like yeah if I want this, like, I can have it. Like, I am allowed. I feel like that's when really things kicked into gear and then my relationship has gotten better and better over time. With Wow. So that's kind of like the long story. I love it. Thank you for sharing. I mean, I, I love just the way that you tell it because you're sharing all of the, like, low points and the high points and the learnings and kind of bringing us along for the full journey. So I really appreciate it. I I just love kind of 
where you got to at this point in your life, it sounds very much like intuitive eating. Like I'm going to let myself have what I'm craving um, and, you know, let that be the harmony. Uh, I'm so curious. We'll kind of go there and then I have some other questions I want to work backwards. But Mm -hmm. as you have found yourself now in this place of no restrictions, what do you find that your diet is mostly – made up of, and you know, everyone's different. So I'm not asking this with the intention of being like, oh, this is, you know, she's found the healthy way. Like everyone needs different food and, you know, so, but I am curious for you, like, what did you find, you know, and if you want to give like some generals or percentages of like what most of your plates look like? Mm -hmm. I love that question. And I think what I kind of do now more than anything is like follow like a principle in the Mm -hmm. sense of like, my principle is balance, right? And so from a hormonal perspective, which has also been a part of my story, just like learning about hormones from the perspective of our menstrual cycle, but also in general, for our hormones to be balanced, we need to have balanced blood sugar. And mm. so the way to have balanced blood sugar is to have all the macronutrients in your plate. And so I'm really big on protein, actually. So I always focus on, do I have a source of protein in this meal? And then I make sure that I also have fiber and healthy fats in it or like fibrous carbs. Mm -hmm. And so pretty much that's like the baseline that I follow. And then my plates will kind of vary. So like just an example for breakfast, I really like doing like Greek yogurt with a little bit of protein powder, which gives you like 30 grams of protein. And then I'll add like berries, chia seeds, granola or oats, and just make sure everything's in there. Or you can do like, a cottage cheese and avocado toast with like an egg on top or something like that and then for my meals I love like nourish bowls so I'll do those Mm. a lot where it's like there's a base of like some green and then I'll throw in like sweet potatoes or rice or quinoa and then I'll do like chicken or salmon or tilapia or like some type of protein there and usually some like air fried or like baked veggie so that's kind of like gosh we love our air fryer (laughs) what we love our air fryer Yes, we love our air fryer over here. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com So it like literally changes the game. Like it's so good. But 
that's kind of like the overall baseline but mm-hmm. that's that too it's like if I'm going out to eat, like, I cannot control what's going to be in the kitchen. Right. So I'm just going to pick what on the menu seems good to me in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I've recently been breaking a lot of my food fears because, for example, like, I went to a cafe literally last week and there was a few options, right? And, like, old me would have said, oh, like, you need to be healthy. Like, let me go for, like, the salad with chicken. But in that moment, like, what I was really into was the chicken panini. And, like, mm-hmm. I wanted the sourdough and the, yeah. like the you know, and it still was going to be balanced because there still was going to be the protein mm-hmm. and and all of that. But I listened to myself and I ordered the panini. And then I felt so good and I felt so happy. But it has come from a conscious effort, too, of, like, listening to my, like, inner wants and needs and realizing, too, when those fears come up and yeah. challenging them a little bit. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're bringing a lot of joy into the conversation of you and your food and your health. And that's like helping to minimize these fears because you are very close to this entire experience. You know, this is not, not that far away that you were still experiencing a lot of these, you know, habits and symptoms. So to be so, I think new on this journey to balance and harmony, um, to to have that bravery, to still have the fears come up, but you're like, I'm actually going to choose this because um, it sounds like it's, you know, it's going to bring you joy and having that is so healthy. And also like what you are feeding yourself is like, this is the experience that I want rather than going down the road of um, I'm going with this because I think I should. And so like now I'm kind of going off of a fear-based decision or letting my restriction. Yes dictate my choices um, because, you know, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but I, you know, and I don't have a lot of experience with these types of things. I've I really never have had any disordered eating tendencies, but the one thing that I know is I used to make, well, actually maybe I do. I used to make myself feel bad after eating certain things when I was younger, but it was very mild and it actually never dictated me not doing it. So I didn't have swings, but I did learn that like, when you do that, it's like, it actually just mitigates any kind of nutrients that you can bring into your body with that food anyway. Like Mm -hmm. this is extreme example, but there are like studies of you know, monks who will like meditate and pray over like McDonald's burgers and like eat them. And like, even though they're probably the worst, like, you know, things sort of nutritionally that you can like put in your body, they're like not affected by it at all. And like, you know, for whoever's going to go research this, don't quote (laughs) me, but I really believe that that's such an interesting example of, you know, our relationship to food but also our like energetic response to like what we're putting in our body. 100% because our our emotional and energetic well-being is such a big part of our health. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just food and exercise, it's everything and you're 100% right. Like that is it. For me, food is genuinely a source of joy. Like I freaking love going out to a meal with someone is like my love language, like yes. going and trying a restaurant or like having a picnic or hosting a potluck mm-hmm. or cooking a really yummy meal for my fiance and I, or whatever it is that we're doing when there's food involved. One is a source of creativity for me Two, It's just like, I love tasting different things and trying different things. 
And for so many years, I cut that out of my life. Like I got in the way of my own joy. And I just made a post about this recently. I think it was like two days ago or three days ago. And I said, I'm just like done. Like I am done with letting restriction and rules and this endless pursuit of looking a certain way or of fitting this like societal standard of thinness get in the way of my joy. Yeah. My joy is more important to me than any of that way more important. It's like, (laughs) what else is life about? Honestly, at the end of the day, I think this is so amazing and incredibly wise. You know, um, we were joking on your show, you're a lot younger than I am and you have lived so much though. And you're so intuitive and wise about these things. And I think you're going to help so many people who are struggling with these things. I'm curious, were you already studying health and nutrition? Like, was that your decision going into school what did you end up like was it once you realized that these were big issues for you that you switched into this profession yeah 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 and thank you so much that means a lot and I feel like the more we talk about it the more we're able to help people who are maybe struggling and who feel really lost and alone in their struggle too but yeah so I went into college not really knowing what I wanted to study and I was always a very creative person. Like Mm -hmm. I grew up wanting to be a video editor and a graphic designer and just like all of these different creative pursuits were a passion of mine. Like I used to do photography. I was like the yearbook photographer girl. Like I was always. Yeah, you were doing content creation way back when. Exactly. Like I was like making photo booth music videos with my friends when we were like 12 and Mm -hmm. like editing it on iMovie. And like that was my like favorite pastime. But Yeah, I was basically like, I think coming into content creation feels really aligned to me because it's a merging of like all my different passions where it's like communication, which is actually what I went into college, then deciding to study with all the other creative avenues I liked. But I went into into college studying communications, transferred into the business school. So I ended up doing marketing and communications, but ended up taking a bunch of like really businessy classes like finance, accounting, um like all these ones, like requirements that you have to do, super analytical. So like that wasn't totally my vibe, honestly, Um, aside from like the more creative classes that I did. I also loved like some psych classes that I did. But Mm. I remember between my freshman and sophomore year was when I was considering switching into the business school. And I I really remember considering also switching into the um, nursing school because they had a nutrition major. So I remember talking to my mom and being like, should I do nutrition? But I, I don't know. I just guess the, I guess that the um, like calling at the time, like it wasn't as loud mm. and I didn't think that I didn't put the two things together yeah. between like my relationship with food and like going down that path. But halfway through my junior year, like going into my senior year was when I was having all these awakenings and like learning a ton about holistic living and holistic wellness and then my therapist at the time told me to look into IIN which is the Institute of Integrative Nutrition Mm -hmm. and that's where I did my holistic health coaching certification so I just did a lot of learning on my own and then went down these other trainings to get certified and to become a coach and to do my hormone specialization also so that came a little bit later at a point where like unfortunately I couldn't switch my major and like go down this path in my undergrad. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I don't think any of us end up doing (laughs) 
what our degree is ever like in. We're 18. Like when we go into college, like we're so young, it's really hard to know exactly what do you want to do. And again, there's a lot of societal conver- like programming and conversations around what is a prestigious major, what you should do. Mm. And like, I feel like I kind of fell into that where like, yeah. I wanted to make my parents happy. And like, that was more important to me than like actually like truly owning my creative desires at the time. Right. Yeah. What do you spend most of your time doing now? Right now, I'm working for myself fully as a content creator. So it's been four months since I started doing this full time. So it's been cool to kind of create my own schedule and like what I spend my energy on. But I feel like most of the time what I am spending my energy and my time on is communicating. Mm -hmm. And that will come through like making TikToks, editing them, editing reels, my YouTube channel, which I'm growing this year, and the podcast, which is like my baby and like my favorite thing in the world. And I feel like that is just such a source of joy for me as well. So I spent a lot of my time on that. And then now I have also like a team, which is pretty great and helps, you know, make all of it a little bit more balanced and helps me be able to do more things with the messages that I want to share. But I have worked with clients before one-on-one. I just am not working with anyone right now because I kind of want to create like a full-out program. Yeah. And it's taken me a while to really get down to what I wanted to spend my time talking with my clients mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Beautiful. So, well, yeah. take your time. I'm excited. I'm sure whatever you put out is going to be incredible and Thank I can't you. wait to share it. Um, so I, I want to ask you because we – you sort of dropped in a little bit about like how this affected your relationships with your family members and you are the oldest, you know, in your family – you know, of your siblings, how has this affected those relationships and how have those relationships evolved now that you're in this really, you know, place where you have a healthy relationship with your food and body? Oh my gosh. I feel like it affected my relationship with my family in so many different ways. And when I started my therapy journey, at first I was working with like my college therapy services. And then eventually I got like my own therapist, which is the therapist that told me about the coaching program. And my therapist specifically is focused on basically family relationships. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool because I got to do a lot of work on my relationship with my parents and my brother and all of that through therapy as well. But when I was like in the deep like hole of my eating disorder, like I said, in like six years ago, mm-hmm. I kind of described it was affecting my relationship with my family because I just wasn't very present at home and I was so much in my head and in my own world that thinking about other people around me just like wasn't something I did. Mm. I think I was very self-absorbed and like Do you have brothers or sisters or both? I have a one younger brother. Okay. Yes. And my younger brother is like super athletic, like just like a natural like athletic person which is very different than I was growing up. But yeah, I think like just within my family like that that was kind of how it was around that time, but then later down the line, like I was just describing when I was more in the orthorexic period of my life, I feel like it affected my family dynamics a lot too because I didn't want to eat the food that my mom cooked. Mm. So I would like make my own separate food. And sometimes, you know, we would be at family dinner and I would like complain about the food that my mom made or I, whatever it was, but it was just definitely a big way that it affected my relationship, especially with my mom. 
And I think there was also a part of me when I first started doing a lot of healing work that got really like mad at my parents and like I kind of resented them mm. for like making comments about other people's weights yeah. or for just like their own like, you know, not so necessarily like balanced relationship with these things. Right. And more so just like I was angry at like the whole cultural part. Yeah. Why is it so normalized for mm-hmm. us to comment in other people's weights? And I've had to have mold, I've had to have a lot of conversations with my family over time about these things. Yeah. And if they made comments about my own body, my own like physical changes from where I was at in my journey with food or my body or other people's bodies, like I started getting really triggered mm-hmm. if I heard them saying, like, oh, someone else looks really skinny, or what I was describing before, like if a family member changes or if a celebrity had lost weight and I would say like, you do not know the right. reality of why that person lost weight. Like it, that person could be in a really negative or like unhealthy moment of their lives. And that's just like not okay to say. So mm. I had to have a lot of conversations of around that. And for a really long time, I was getting really triggered yeah. and it kind of pushed them away. Like it created a lot of distance between me and my parents and I think over time I've just had to realize that they're also not perfect and that I don't have to change them and that like I love them and I don't want to place conditions on our relationship and that it's okay for them to be in a spot whether it's spiritually or in their health journeys that's different than me and I don't have to get so triggered because I, the more that I've gotten so rooted in like what is my truth, the less that has affected me. Because for a long time, I was afraid that if I heard them saying certain things, like it would make me worried again about right. the judgment, the external judgment, or it would make me, I feel like it was still being formed in my own beliefs. So I was afraid that it was going to like my belief system that I was forming was going to disintegrate yeah. if I let myself get affected. Mm-hmm. Because you were still in that thought. fragile, yeah, fragile place in your journey. Exactly. So I like kind of pushed them away for a while. But the stronger I've gotten in my own belief system and, and what I want for myself and like the relationship I want with food and with my body, the less it started to affect me. And then the more I've also been able to cultivate acceptance with my parents. Beautiful. But it didn't really affect my relationship with my brother very much. It was mainly just my parents. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing. I I love that it really comes like full circle because that's the thing. What you're describing is like putting these healthy boundaries in place and speaking up for yourself and saying like, it's not okay to talk about like that in front of me or, you know, however you did Mm -hmm. that. and, And that can create so much distance in families and you know, because I imagine I have the same thing with my parents in, in different, you know, experiences and ways that they are. And when we do that, you know, when we're just learning what our triggers are and figuring out like what our, you know, traumas are and the things that we're going through, we don't realize that like it's so un- unintentional on their part or, or subconscious, you know, most of the time. And this is not for everybody. I'm sure that there are, you know, parents who who aren't the best or you know know on some level that what they're what they're doing is wrong but for the most part they're just trying to do their best and they're basically regurgitating what they learned from their parents exactly like I and I didn't grow up with parents that were like 
I don't know if you've ever heard of like the almond bomb. Like people talk about that on TikTok sometimes. Like the mom that's like, yeah, like eat three almonds and like you won't be hungry. Like my mom wasn't like that. Like yeah. my parents are healthy, you know, like they like prioritize mm-hmm. like home cooked meals and they're very wholesome, but they still have, you know, certain things that they've learned. I think more so from like the overall societal conditioning. Right. Of, like what you were saying in the very beginning of the episode, like your weight is important. Like mm-hmm. thin is important, etc. Yeah. I mean, we live in a society where like a, a woman's body and her looks are constantly like, you know, a public debates and knowledge and, you know, curiosity about every single move that she makes can, you know, in relationship to like the way that she presents herself, right, in society, then it's, I mean, you have to live under a rock to not be affected by that as, you know, someone who presents as a woman. And I just think, mm-hmm. you know, to to circle back to like your evolution, it's really beautiful to get to a place where you've grown so much and done some of that internal healing work to the point where you're like, okay, now I'm realizing that this is actually like my stuff and I can start to peel back the boundary because I've worked on it. And, you know, the boundaries are so important to put in place for when you need them and when you are in a place where like you can't be triggered because it's unhealthy for you and it's too harmful. But then once you like get to that place where you're like, okay, I've created stability and harmony and I've got myself, then you can like reconnect with those people and heal those relationships. Um, And I think just think that's, it's very like self-aware and you've evolved to that place where you're like, okay, now I can re-engage and I'm not as triggered. And, you know, it's not my job to change my parents' perspective because, you know, for them, it's, it's not an issue. And I just think that's so cool to get to that place. Thank you. And and I was going to say even more broadly too, like, it's also changed my friendships. Like I think I've over time had to distance myself from certain people in my life. And it wasn't like necessarily intentionally, but it was kind of organically that it happened where like people in my life that maybe were like previously my friends that would say I'm so fat or like be in this like diet culture mindset. Yeah. Like those friendships have naturally fizzled. And then I've attracted people into my life that come from a similar perspective and that have this understanding of like, I don't want to have this toxic relationship with my body. Mm. It's evolved so many of my different relationships. But as you mentioned, like the more inner work I've done, the more I've grown internally, the more I've been able to show up strongly in this area of my life and bravely. And it's not like I'm perfect either because as I think you said this on my podcast where you said this earlier in this episode, but peeling is like an onion, right? It's yeah. like peeling layers and ultimately getting to like a really strong core. But with even now like I can think of an example like and I don't think he would mind that I would share this but the other day I was at lunch with my fiance and I broke one of my food rules which was the first time that I did this and I ordered a sandwich at brunch normally I would get like an avocado toast because it's just like one piece of toast and I was like no you know what like I want the ciabatta bread and like the egg and the onion and the, I want everything so I ordered the sandwich And he got, like, the little breakfast platter that comes with, like, the eggs, the bacon, whatever. And his platter was, like, a lot smaller than mine. And I think he was hungry. So, I like, my big sandwich comes. And I'm, like, like, like devouring it. I'm, like, I just went on a run. I was, like, so hungry. Yeah. Um, 
like eating my sandwich and he's finished with his plate and he turned or like halfway done and he was like oh like that's a pretty big sandwich like are you gonna eat all of it and I got super triggered because yeah. I was like oh my gosh like now I feel bad like now I feel like oh my god like am I eating too much and then mm-hmm. there's all this conversation around like oh you know you have to always order the smaller plate than the guy or you know order yeah. the salad always la 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 it all and came so rushing back him, like that like really triggers me and like little do you know here I am like breaking a food rule right now in this moment and then like this was like almost like the universe testing me really like how how strong are you in like breaking this food rule right now and he was literally just saying that because I think he was hungry and he wanted a bite of my sandwich or he like wanted me to offer him some of it because it looked so good yeah and that was like a moment of like just navigating that trigger and then in the moment like setting the boundary and saying like hey like I know you probably didn't mean it in that way, but you saying that like triggers something inside of me and then having these conscious conversations yeah. in the moment too when it comes up. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I was actually going to ask you, so because you mentioned you just got engaged, so congratulations. Thank you. How, you know, through all of this, because I, I know you've been with your partner for a while um, and, you know, we, we haven't talked about your relationship much on this show. This whole show is about relationships. <laughs> I'm curious, you know, maybe just to highlight um, what has been the biggest growth, you know, inside of your relationship with, you know, your journey with food. Like how has it yeah, affected, how has it affected it? And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when we, when we started dating – I was going through that orthorexic yeah. period. And so when we started dating, I remember he would be really worried, like if we would go out to eat or something like that, that he had to like make sure that there was no dairy, no, like there was like a vegan option. And that was like, the part that I was vegan. It was very short lived because I introduced eggs and fish pretty early on after I was vegan. But that was like the very beginning of our relationship. But I think the more that I've, grown in my concentration the more that I've shared my journey online like really openly he's very aware of it we've had a lot of conversations around it he's been the most supportive and especially in these moments where my mom or my dad like said something that hurt me and that triggered me and that made me feel really sad and like triggered that inner child like he was always there like he always Mm -hmm. helped me and he's he's an amazing communicator so he's always held a lot of space for us to communicate and I I'm a feeler like I feel a lot like I have a cancer moon in astrology and my partner he's like not the most emotional person but he's very good at like hearing me out and creating that space for me to vent and to share and just to be and I'm very very grateful for that and I think communication is probably the biggest strength in our relationship and I think that's what's facilitated a lot of growth for us as a couple is being able to talk about these things and me feeling safe and Mm. my partner has like a super healthy relationship with food like he'll eat whatever he wants he does not have food rules he's not one of those guys that like works out like a ton and like is super into like fitness so he's almost like very disconnected from like wellnessy things Mm. so he kind of counterbalances me a little bit too and seeing him have such a freedom-filled relationship with food where he follows his cravings and he's a super intuitive eater has also helped me thankfully in becoming more like him too wow he sounds amazing um (laughs) I'm curious when you 
were going through the part uh, before your orthorexia, when you're going through disordered eating and all those patterns and habits, like at the beginning of um, the journey, did you have romantic partners? I did. And how- I had okay. I had one one um, relationship during that time period of my life. It wasn't like when I was in the very very restrictive phase of my life. I was single and I felt so alone, and it was this kind of pattern where I was telling you like I did not feel worthy at all. And so I outsourced my like sense of self-worth to like looking a certain way or losing that weight. And it didn't bring happiness, right? It only brought more disconnection. But Mm. yeah, the relationship that I did have though, I just remember like that still definitely affected that relationship. And in a way where that relationship was not very conscious and neither of us were conscious in that relationship and so like I just remember once that partner commenting like oh I noticed you haven't been going to the gym very much or like you stopped working out blah blah blah. and like that triggering things in me and towards the end of our relationship too he was going through like a very strict weight loss experience with Mm. a lot of restriction and that was very triggering to me wow do you think that you sort of attracted each other because that's where you were on that journey Maybe. I don't know. But I do think that towards the end, that was like a huge reason why like I started maybe like feeling more resentful or like those triggers were like so hard for me and I didn't know how to work through them yeah. at all. And so, yeah, it was just like, I feel like I wasn't my higher self in that relationship and there was a lot of learning, but maybe that yeah. was a part of it too. Mm. Thank you for but sharing. But it was all for, for growth. Also. Yeah. The the little bit that I know, you know, just from like reading about, um, you know, your relationship to body image and disordered eating and, and things of that nature are that most studies show that it's has a big correlation to, you know, people not wanting to be intimate or have romantic partners. So I was like wondering if you feel like really? in that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like, the relationship to people who, especially like in younger demographics, who will like shy away from having sex even. Um, it's much higher in people that are experiencing like anorexia. And I think it's from that place of self-consciousness, mm-hmm. right? Of like being so self-conscious about your body that like you don't want someone else to see it or like yeah. only wanting to have sex like in the dark. Or like I feel like it can kind of go into the, like that kind of behavior. Yeah. Did you experience some of that? I think not as much, but I do think that when I was like in my really restrictive period, I was like not very experienced sexually at the time too. Mm-hmm. I was like much younger. Yeah. So I remember I was like a lot more self-conscious for sure. Yeah. And not confident in my own body. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. This has been so in- enlightening. And um, again, like I said, you're so brave. And I think The one thing that I want to leave this conversation with for people who are listening, um, what is the best way to like, you know, speak to people in your life who maybe you see struggling with these habits or you notice they're displaying these sort of these habits or restricting themselves and you, you know, maybe on the sidelines are concerned that they might be struggling with disordered eating? I think that's a super good question. It's also a hard question to answer because for the person, like from the perspective of someone who's been the person that was struggling, a lot of times 
if you're still in denial, like if you still think that what you're doing is good or all right or that you aren't doing anything wrong at all, it can be really easy to be super stubborn and to not want to receive any comments from anyone else. And I know for me, my healing really came from like me taking personal mm-hmm. responsibility. Like the moment I learned about self-accountability and I was like, okay, how am I showing up in my life? Like not only in relationship to food, but in every single area of my life, how am I contributing to situations that are going on? Like it was only when I took that seat that things started to really change in my life. Yeah. And I think that's the sad truth sometimes of, you know, people who are struggling with disordered eating is that you can be in this very big denial phase. And the moment you move past it and you stop denying the fact that like you're contributing to this reality and that it's not the healthiest relationship you can have with your body. That's like, like that shift has to happen. Mm -hmm. But I think the best thing you can do is be the example and like demonstrate a healthy relationship with your body in front of that person. Yeah. Because then you can show to that person like what is possible in relationship with food and Mm. I think that's the most powerful thing because sometimes bringing it up can be very uncomfortable and the person might not receive it as well Mm -hmm. so because I know even from my point of view like when my parents tried to call me out or have these conversations with me I was like picking fights like I did not want to acknowledge it until I had that moment that I was like I don't recognize myself I need help yeah it had to come from within Carolina, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. You're so welcome. This has been so fun. So amazing. We are excited to see what programs you create. So keep us in the loop. Um, I am going to link your IG and um, everything else in the show notes so that people can find you and find, you know, the episode of me on inner growth as well. Any last words for our listeners? No, just thank you so much. And I mean, to anyone listening, if you are struggling with your body, if you're struggling with food, just know that you're not alone and know that you have a friend in me and my DMs are always open. And if I'm able to help in any way, please let me know. And just remember that like reaching out for support is a strength and that while healing your relationship with food and your body can be very uncomfortable, it is worth it because you unlock so much joy, you unlock so much freedom, and you unlock a stronger relationship with what you want in life and who you truly are, regardless of all the things you've been told that you're supposed to be or that you're supposed to look like. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Thank you so, so much for sharing. Yes. I can't wait to see what you do in this life. You have so much life ahead of you. All right, loves, that's been another beautiful episode. As always, make sure that you are subscribed to the show so you never have to download it and come hang out with us on Instagram where we share educational, fun, and sometimes funny content. Lovers, I will see you all next week.